All right, a couple quick logistics. We have the next live session is formatting one-on-one next Tuesday. Sign up for get your rapid fire intros going. We have quite a few people who have every badge who are going to get a shout out here. Uh, and as always, continue to share your learnings in public. By now, you should have opted in for two partner matchings. So hopefully you've made a couple of friends within the cohort and you'll have two more chances to do that throughout. So the badge leaderboard, 38% with all nine badges. That's a record high for this coat for any ship 30 cohort. Amazing job, everyone. Good stuff. Officially the most engaged cohort. It's great to see. We have a ton of people with seven and eight badges as well, which is even better or not even better than nine, but still good to see. So keep doing that. Keep claiming them. You have one today, which is the headline badge. And then tomorrow is the day seven badge. We'll get into that. But Cole, let's flip through the names. Good stuff, everyone. Make sure you get your screenshot. If you made it on, if you missed, we pulled this about five minutes before. So if you're a last second addition, better luck next week. <laughs> you know, Dicky, I also would love, I'd love to ask uh, everyone who's here while we're going through this. So we have a theory that the reason this is the most engaged cohort so far is that we have people coming in, not just from Twitter anymore, but also from LinkedIn as well. And our theory is that people who join ship 30 from LinkedIn tend to approach ship 30 a little bit more seriously because they see it as a career accelerant. So out of curiosity, if you join this cohort of ship 30 from LinkedIn, throw, throw LinkedIn in the chat right now, because we want to see, is that theory true? Do we have a lot of people coming in from LinkedIn? Um, that's not to say that the same can't happen from Twitter, but we definitely are starting to hypothesize why this cohort might be more well, engaged. And for the for anyone unfamiliar, Cole and I kind of just started talking and writing on LinkedIn. We're developing some theories, building out some things. Where we have a live session for the captain's table in two weeks where we're going to go through our entire playbook for growing on LinkedIn, how we're approaching it, how we're thinking about writing on it. So good to see that a lot of people came from LinkedIn. It's a new new avenue for us. Cole and I are taking it over here over the, over the summer. So uh, mm. that's good to see. All right. Good stuff, everyone. Look at all those badges. Good, good set of emojis there. All right, let's keep it going. All right. couple shout outs. One, if you miss an essay, we always say, if you miss a day, just don't miss two. Okay. So whenever we see stuff like this, that's amazing. If you miss a day, it's fine but your job is to then get on board again the next day. Um, the reason that we emphasize this too is this never stops happening, right? Even someone like me, I've been writing for a decade. I miss a day, right? So the question isn't, oh, okay, how do I never miss a day? The question is, if I miss a day, how do I get back on board? So love seeing this. Nice job. This too, super unique outcomes, okay? When you write and publish on the internet, you never know what's going to happen. So here having an atomic essay linked in time magazine. Amazing. Who would have known? How does that happen? You unlock these very random spontaneous outcomes when you just write and publish on the internet. And all of a sudden it's, it's really hard for people to wrap their head around this. It's like, if you just write and publish, you never know what's going to happen. So trust the process. This too, you know, very simple consistency. You go from seven followers to 104 in a week. It's amazing, right? But what, what causes that? What causes that is consistency. What causes that is, is implementing a lot of these frameworks that we teach. We, we know that this is how people read on the internet, right? So the more that you just kind of trust the process, put one foot in front of the other, sail your ship into the sunset, and okay? little by little, all these th things start to compound on themselves. 
Another great one, getting recognized by Derek Sivers. If you've never read his work, um, it's really great. He was the original founder of uh, CD Baby, which he sold for, I think, like half a billion dollars. And he's got a lot of really interesting philosophies on art and business and kind of marrying the two. So always cool when you get some sort of social validation from someone that you look up to or someone else's work that you respect. But again, how does that happen? You have to write and publish in public. Yep. I love Derek Sivers. He's one of the writers I aspire to be. So catching up with the tracker and calendar, here's where we're at. Still got that finish line in sight, approaching day seven. Good stuff, everyone. Keep keep it going. And the badge collection tracker, you have one today, which is headlines. Tomorrow, you have your consistent shipper badge. Everyone who's made it to day seven, whether you've ridden every single day or you're still paddling with us, wherever you're at, we'll have a um, post and circle for you to respond to to claim your consistent shipper badge. So a lot of people kind of miss that one sometimes, so make sure you log in tomorrow and get that one. To claim your headline pro badge today, you'll just comment on the replay video with a before and after headline, which we're going to do during this live session. So it should be pretty easy for you. Also have a really good deep dive where we look at 20 examples of headline rewrites and how what you could do better in each of them really helps to drive some of these points home. Yeah, one of the questions that we get asked, especially as we start getting into the tactical stuff here, how to write headlines, how to uh, improve formatting, that's why these deep dives are really great because they show you just example after example after example so that you can actually see it. So after everything that we go through in this live session, encourage you to take a couple minutes and read this deep dive because it'll show you exactly, okay, here's all the things that we talked about and here's the before and after over and over and over again. Okay, so it just helps to crystallize a lot of the information. So usually we do this at the end. Dickie and I decided we're going to do this first thing. These are the biggest pushbacks and questions that we get every time we try and explain these topics, every time we try to articulate, this is how you write an effective headline. We always get the same handful of questions asked back. And the reason that we get these questions and this pushback is because we're all taught to think about writing in a certain way. You know, and when someone comes along and goes, Hey, I want you to think about this upside down. It's very hard to just immediately go. I trust that, right? You got to fight through the, but I have these beliefs. Okay. So we're going to talk about a couple of these before we get into the tactical stuff so that when we do get into it, your brain isn't fighting it the whole time. So drop in the chat real quick before we get to this. When, when you think of headlines, what comes to mind? Any words immediately jump to your head about writing effective headlines that grab attention, any publications, any words, stuff like that? Let's see. Hook, include numbers, listicles, headline, keep your headline short, fake news, clear not clever, someone's already been here, clickbait. Okay, so we're going to dig into some of these and like Cole said, we used to put these at the end, but we know that these questions pop up. So we're going to get them out of the way just to start. So let's kick it off with the first one. Yep. So this is arguably the number one. And this is, there are a few things in life that get me as fired up as this question, which is you explain to someone how to write an effective headline. And before you can even finish the explanation, the person goes, whoa, there's a number in there. It's clickbait. Right. As if the moment you include a number seven in a headline, all of a sudden it's complete trash. Right. And so here's the question. All right. I want you to, I want you to answer in the chat. Is this headline clickbait? 
how to make $10,000 in the next two hours using just your two index fingers. Is this clickbait? Okay, so what do you yes, think? Yes, a lot of yeses and a lot of it depends. So we can tell who's been in the cohort and who <laughs> hasn't. If you think yes, keep it dropping in the chat because we're going to break that belief. Right. So here's, here's the thing, okay? It's only clickbait if you make a promise and you don't deliver on it, okay? So we'll go back. This headline how to make $10,000 in the next two hours using just your two index fingers. If you click on this headline and the, the article says to you, the essay, the story, whatever it is, it says to you, hey, in the next two hours, here's how to make $10,000 with your two index fingers. You got to try really hard and you got to be authentic while you do it. You're going to be like, this was the biggest load of trash I've ever read in my entire life. And I want those two minutes of my life back right? You'll be furious. You're like, why? Why would someone waste my time? You tricked me. You tricked me with this headline, right? But if someone clicks on this and goes, hey, here is a 30,000 word guide of exactly how to use nothing but two index fingers, typing the simplest words on the internet that X group of people will value tremendously above everyone else. They're going to pay you a premium and in two hours work, typing just a few words exactly like this, you will make $10,000. They will go back and they will take this article and they will share it with their five closest friends. And then they will make a post on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn. And they will say, this article blew my mind. I've never read something like this before ever. And the, the takeaway here is that it is not the headline that matters. What matters is whether or not you deliver on the promise in the headline. And if you don't deliver on the promise, it's clickbait. And if you do deliver on the promise, you are the reader's new favorite writer and they want to share it with everyone and you're brilliant and they think it's the coolest thing ever. The framework to keep in mind when you are writing a headline is if you feel strongly that the content behind that headline is of high quality and has the potential to change someone's life, provide value in some way. It is your moral obligation to do everything possible to get a potential reader to click and read. Just internalize that because that is, that's the discomforting thing to, to overcome. It's, Hey, I want to really write good content, but I don't want, I don't want to like coax people into reading it, but you need to change your mindset a little bit of, if you feel strongly about what you're writing is providing value, you should do everything humanly possible, every psychological trick in the book to get someone to click on it because you know that if they do, they're going to get something out of it. Right. So everyone thinks about uh, headlines in a vacuum. They think like, if I use the word uh, unbelievable, it's, a, it's clickbait. If my headline starts with the number three, it's clickbait. If I, if I use the word amazing, it's clickbait. None of those things are true, right? You've read really valuable articles or really valuable essays that start with the number three. Three reasons why, right? Three mistakes I made. Okay. It, it has nothing to do with the, does it look like a BuzzFeed headline or not? What it has to do with is, do you deliver on the promise? And if you deliver on the promise, the reader thinks you're amazing. And if you don't deliver on the promise, the reader thinks that you're a snake oil salesman, right? So that's the question you're asking yourself. 
And so we're going to walk you through a bunch of these techniques of what effective headlines look like. And the first response that people always feel is like, ah, there's a number three at the beginning. I can't use that. I don't want to be a trickster. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that if you communicate ideas in a certain way, you're going to hook people's attention. But the hook is not the important part. The hook is whether you deliver on it or not, right? It doesn't mean anything if you can hook someone's attention if you don't deliver on it, okay? All right, so that's the first one. No clickbait. It's only clickbait if you make a promise and don't deliver on it. All right, what's number two? Yes, so number two is then, all right, well, I kind of understand that, but these headlines that you're telling us to write are really long. And I've always heard that great headlines are short, right? The best headlines are one that's like one word, dreams, you know, three words in the wilderness, right? But the problem is nobody knows what that means, right? So is this headline too long? It's kind of the wrong question to ask. It doesn't matter if it's long or short. What matters is do you understand what it's about, right? And so there's a great copywriting technique. We talk about this in every cohort where if someone said, you know, if I said to Dickie, Dickie, I'm going to send you a book of everything I think about you. It's going to be 80 pages long and it's going to be every little thing I think about you and your beliefs and what you look like and your habits and everything I think about you, right? Dickie's going to read every single word of that 80 page document twice, right? It's like, think of when your friend texts you and it's like, Hey, I got to tell you, here's, here's what I think about you. You're going to read that text 150 times because you as the reader, if it's about you, you care, you don't care how long it is. You, you want all of it. You want more, right? So if the headline is about the reader, the reader never sits there and asks themselves, this is too long. They only say this is too long when they don't know what it's about and they feel like it's not for them. And just to drive this point home, this is a 25 word headline, but I have a good feeling almost every person on this call would click through and read this, right? Yep. Because it's extremely relevant to what you're doing right now, right? So there's no such thing as too long or too short of a headline. There's only irrelevant and relevant headlines. That's the pushback number two, the, the framework we talk about. Yep. So again, there's no such thing as headlines that are too long, only as they are clear and relevant, or as long as they're clear and relevant, right? That's all that matters. So forget the, is it four words or 10 words? It's a wrong, it's a wrong way of thinking about it. The right way is, is this clear or is this not clear, right? Yeah, Danny, this is the way, right? This is the way. All right, pushback number three but I shouldn't have to do this, right? Entitlement, okay? Every writer grows up with the biggest problem being their own ego, right? I took the time to write it, so you should take the time to read it. I think it's awesome, so you should think it's awesome, right? I don't need to cater to your wants, beliefs, needs, dreams, hopes, and ambitions, right? And then you go and you see someone do this. You go, well, Paul Graham doesn't do this, right? Seth Godin doesn't do this. So why should I have to? And Dickie, you have a great reframe that I love for this. 
Yeah, so just jump to the next slide. Your favorite author that might not do this, everyone jumps into that and says, hey, but so-and-so doesn't do it. But the truth is they achieved all of their success as a writer, not because they didn't do tactics like this, but despite it. So whenever you see someone having success and you say, well, they didn't have to do X, Y, and Z, instead of thinking because they didn't, flip the thinking and say, wow, despite that, despite not using these techniques that would have improved things, they had all, the, all this success. Now imagine if they had put it into practice, right? So we use this example from Paul Graham because this honestly maker schedule, manager schedule is one of the best essays ever written on time management for entrepreneurs. But if it said that maker schedule, maker schedule, manager schedule, colon, two, two simple ways to manage your time as a new entrepreneur or something like that, that said, here's actually what this is about. A lot more people would have read it and it would have changed a lot more lives. Yeah. So that's why we bring this up is a lot. The, the, the first two pushbacks we can get over quickly. The third one, everyone comes out and says, but, 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 but this person doesn't do it. First off, they've had a ton of success. Don't think you're necessarily going to be just like them, right? Use these tactics. They're going to help you get there. And just because you see someone successful not using them doesn't mean that they don't work. Yeah, this is one of the biggest fallacies in, in writing and publishing in general is you look at someone who's doing something and you automatically assume that's the best way. But just because someone is succeeding with something doesn't mean that's the most effective way. Okay, so there's a reason why, especially if you're beginning, right? Paul, people don't read Paul Graham because he's like, I'm just writing on the internet. People read Paul Graham because he's one of the most legendary entrepreneurs and investors in Silicon Valley history, right? And also he writes, right? So you can't look at someone who, who's had this like legendary career and also writes and goes, well, that's probably the model for me too. And I'm a beginner, right? It doesn't, that's, that's a terrible mental model, right? So we want to give you the tools and the frameworks that you can use so that you can build yourself right? So your favorite author achieved this not because of, but despite of not using these techniques. All right. So that's an important thing to remember. That's a great uh, mental reframe. And so here's what we're going to dig into. We're going to dig into the tactical stuff. Today, we're going to go into proven headline styles. We're going to give you a quick checklist of things that you can kind of stress test against your own headlines. Do a quick cover of this framework we call twisting the knife. So how do you make things more and more relevant for readers? And then we already covered the three common headline pushbacks. The, the last thing I want to speak to, because I was seeing a bunch of these questions in the chat, is are we going to cover SEO? And the, and the answer is no. And we'll tell you why. Because SEO is a completely different game. And anyone who says, I want to write what I want to write about, is, not, is by definition not playing the SEO game. You're not going to rank for this is what I want to write about, right? SEO is a game reserved for solopreneurs and large companies that want to define, they want to search engine optimize for keywords that directly lead to a specific type of sale, right? And most of the time, if you are playing that game, you are not playing a writing game as much as you are playing a money game, right? How much does a life insurance company spend on search engine optimization? Like five or $10 million a year. Right? You are never going to outrank them ever, period, end of story. 
right? So when, whenever writers ask, are you going to cover SEO? That's, it's kind of like, a, like, why are you even asking that question? You didn't want to start writing on the internet because you wanted to rank for someone Google searching, like how to be more productive, right? You're not going to rank for anything. You're never going to be, beat Inc. Magazine at ranking for how to be more productive. End of story, right? So disregard that game and uh, play a game called there's all these social platforms that have hundreds of millions of users on them. And all you have to do is take your writing and plug them into these platforms and you will get a hundred times more distribution than Google ranking for a keyword that you don't even want to rank for, right? So let's just take that off the table, okay? SEO is not the game you're playing. So throw it out the window, all right? There we go. All right. So let's do this. Everyone grab one headline that you've written in the last uh, week and drop it in the chat. So this is your V1. Cole, if you want to jump to the next one, um, <clears throat> drop it in the chat. And I told you guys Cole was going to be fired up for this one. So I we're, we're going to the take beginning. these, drop these in. We're going to rewrite them by the end. And so hopefully by now we, we framed that what we're about to tell you is one of the biggest upgrades you can make to your writing. It's not doing clickbait. You, you don't have to do it, but it's going to help in a big, big way. Just because your favorite writers didn't doesn't matter. And yes, your headlines are probably going to get longer and that's okay because it doesn't matter as long as they are relevant. And then the bonus that we didn't even plan on talking about was SEO does not matter. And you're not playing that game, not playing that game. So just remember everyone's headline coming out of this live session is probably going to be like, it might be 45 words long, right? That's okay. You want to push the extreme and go, how do I implement all these new strategies into a long headline? And then over time, as you practice, your headlines will get more and more concise, but they'll get more concise with the things that, that they need to have right? They'll have the essential building blocks. That's our goal. So push it long. And then over time, we're going to refine it down. Okay. So let's get into it. What are the proven headline styles? Okay. Once you see these, you're going to notice that 99% of headlines on the internet, all can be reverse engineered into a handful of formats. And there's five that you're going to notice all the time. Okay. There's the list, which has a number in front of it. Doesn't mean it's clickbait, right? Everything's a list. Okay. You have a story, you have an opinion, you have a question, or you have a framework. All headlines can be reverse engineered back into these five. Okay. And even sometimes when you have outliers, the outliers are really just different variations of these. Okay. So Let's walk through each one, show you some examples and see how they're implemented all across the board. So these are screenshots from, you know, a wide variety of different uh, publications and different places on the internet. So you have everything from a list could be 22 people who definitely, definitely, definitely regret literally every decision they made this week as buzzfeedy as it gets, right? And then you have everything to investing, Seven retirement income strategies once your portfolio reaches 500K. Is that clickbait? If it tells you seven retirement income strategies once your portfolio reaches 500K, it's not clickbait. You go, wow, this is really valuable. And then you send it to your dad and you're like, hey, dad, do you know these seven retirement income strategies? Because you should probably read it, right? Even 
what will, what will our COVID future be like? New York Times article, right? Here are two signs to look out for. That's a list. One, two, right? Most things can be reverse engineered into a list. And so just because it has a number doesn't mean it's not valuable. A list is a way of organizing information for the reader. You go, hey, there are three things you need to understand here. Or there's two reasons this happened, right? Or there's five steps that will get you from here to here, right? So all a list is, is just a way to organize information. It's worth double clicking on how many different publications this headline example came from. Wall Street Journal, BuzzFeed, Medium, you know, uh, what's the Motley Fool, like all yep. of these different ones, they all use the same thing, right? So it's not just BuzzFeed that uses the list, right? It's probably the first thing you associate it with, but every single written publication uses a list in some way. Yeah. So, you know, if you like reading Ryan Holiday, life is up to you. Eight choices that will make your life better. Is that clickbait? No, you're like, I love Ryan Holiday. Tell me the eight choices, please. I need the eight choices, right? So a list is just an effective way of organizing information. And if you really, we did this in a previous live session. If you're like, I can't do it. I can't have a number in my headline or I can't number the things in my article, right? If I put one, two, three, uh, it's just trash, right? Well, here's the thing. What's an Atlantic article? It's just one, two, three without the one, two, three. It's still section one, section two, section three, just without the one, the two, and the three in front of it, right? So sometimes you can use a list to organize your own thinking, and then you can remove the numbers if they really bother you that much, right? So what are some things you can list? And there's we have templates inside TypeShare. Uh, if you want to look at you know how do you construct something like this, you can list reasons, mistakes, tips, tricks, techniques, strategies, embarrassing moments, heartwarming memories, cooking recipes, podcast episodes, right? Anything where you go, I want to group information together. A list is a very effective way of doing that. So when you're writing the headline, you go, Hey reader, I've grouped X number of things together. That's why you want to read this, right? That's the value that you're providing. Sometimes when I use the EIG, I'll pick one of these types of headlines and say, how many different ways can I write it about this one idea? Right. So I'll say three blanks uh, for doing blank. And so right now I'm going through writing every day is my like core endless idea generator prompt. And I'm going through the list, three reasons, three mistakes, tips, tricks. You could literally do that all through the single lens of one specific outcome. So lists, very dynamic, tons of different options, always a go-to. Yep. Okay, here's the second one, the story. So the key with a story headline is you have to signal to the reader the beginning and the end. That's what makes the the best story headlines go, here's where we're starting. I'm going to tease where we end up. And you read to get the middle. Okay, so notice how you can paint this picture for readers. So one of my most viral stories was this headline here, what I learned being betrayed by my six closest friends growing up, right? So you can see, okay, I understand the arc, but I'm reading for the middle, right? What did you learn? What's the reflection, right? Or this 37-year-old launched a social media company with 400,000 users while keeping his day job, right? Didn't have the company, 
had the company and it was successful. Let's read the story and see how it happened, right? You're, you're reading for the middle. So with stories, the best thing that you can do is what, or the mistake that I notice a lot of people make is they only tell the first part, you know, they're like, and, and they make it clever. They, they go, the, the startup that could, right? And they're like, oh, because it's clever, someone's going to read and they want to they see what that's about. But, but could what, right? You have to signal the other side. You have to go, and here's where they ended up. So whenever you're thinking of how do I present a story, most of the time we're taught in school, the way you present a story is with a clever headline, right? It's one word, it's two words, it's three words. The cabin in the woods, right? Into the night, right? But the problem is you're not telling the reader where are we starting and where are we ending up? That is, to me, the biggest unlock of telling a story is that you're not just telling your story and then wrapping up some bow on it, like into the woods and putting it on top. You have to tell the reader where they're going to start at the beginning of the story, where they're going to get, and that they can keep reading if they want to see the middle. Right. So here are some easy frameworks to think about how to organize stories in the headline. And again, we have some templates inside TypeShare that are really helpful for this. So the most compelling stories, right? Zero to one, right? I started with nothing. I ended up with everything, right? The reader goes, I want to go on that journey, right? Or the inverse, I experienced X. Here's the mistakes I made along the way, right? You go, okay, I understand the end. I understand the beginning. I want to read for the middle, right? What were the mistakes that you made along the way? Or there was an obstacle. I overcame the obstacle. Here's what I learned, right? Or weird stat. You didn't know this. Here's how it happened. Okay. Conflict, unexpected resolution. You're always, stories are always two parts. And the mistake that we see writers make all the time is they only think it's one part, right? Here's what happened. Okay, great. But in order for us to care about what happened, I need to know where you started. Or in order for me to care about where you're going, I need to know why it matters why, where you're going, right? So it's, you're, you're moving in one of two directions. I'm starting here, I'm going there, or I went here and I started there, right? But you got to give the reader both. If you want a really good resource for telling stories, check out the book Storyworthy by... Matthew Dix, great resource, and we can link to it. But to me, it was one of the ones when I've been exploring, telling more personal stories, I revisit that one all the time. So yeah, for anyone looking to tell better stories, that's a good one. Yeah, the, the quick stress test is when you're creating a headline for your story, can you see the entire story arc in the headline? If you can't see the entire story arc in the headline, you're not, you haven't nailed it. The headline needs to tell the reader, here's the beginning, here's the end, click to read, right? And if you don't do that, you're losing a lot of potential readers because they don't know why, why should I go on the journey, right? Third, opinion, okay? Opinion is probably the most common uh, headline style and content style on the internet because, hey, we all have opinions, all right? So either you have two types of opinions. You either say, this is, a, this is something that I know. So I've dealt with foreign cyber, cyber attacks. America isn't ready for what's coming, okay? Personal experience, I know this. My opinion is based on what I know. Or 
you go curate opinions, right? According to several millionaires, there is only one way to invest. So you're not saying, I think this, you're saying these are the opinions of credible people on this topic. So an opinion headline, it really comes down to one choice. Is it your opinion or is it someone else's opinion? And if it is your opinion, you need to tell the reader in the headline, here's why you should listen to my opinion, right? The mistake is someone says, I think you should buy Bitcoin. Well, nobody cares that you think that people should buy Bitcoin, right? But if you say, I've been working in finance for 20 years, here's why I think everyone should buy Bitcoin. All of a sudden the reader goes, I understand where your belief is coming from. I want to give you my attention. If you don't give the reader that piece, they're not going to read it, period, right? And you can see how this ties very clearly in with the endless idea generator, right? If you're using your own credibility, you need to establish it in the headline. It's an uncomfortable thing to do at first. I've written three or four pieces in the last few days where my very first my headline, which can be if you're writing a Twitter thread, the very first sentence is I've written every day for 500 days in a row, period. Yeah. Anything I put after that relative to writing now has a piece of credibility. So that, that's how I think about a headline is if you're very, if you're going to use your own credibility with what you're writing, open with it in the headline, tell the reader, Hey, I have an opinion you should listen to, or you can take the other approach and say, according to several billionaires like this one right here. Not me. Hey, I'm just going out and finding it, right? But establish credibility of those billionaires in the headline as well. Yeah, so here's the, look, look at how this is broken into two pieces, okay? This headline, there is only one way to invest. Every reader goes, I don't know who you are, so I don't care, Right? But if you say, according to several millionaires, there's only one way to invest, you go, I understand the credibility. Now I want to read, right? So same thing with this with the, this other one. Five ways to instantly impress during a job interview. The reader goes, why should I listen to you? How do I know that your five ways to impress during a job interview matter, right? Well, we need the other part. An Amazon applicant who Jeff Bezos hired on the spot, credibility, shares five ways to instantly impress during the job interview. Now everyone's like, okay, now I want to read that, right? So the biggest mistake here is people write I headlines without telling the reader why they should listen to you. And the why they should listen to you is that small piece of credibility, okay? That's what makes an opinion go, all right? So what are the most compelling opinions? And again, we have some templates inside TypeShare if you want to play with this. Most people think X, I don't right? Everyone says X, I say the opposite. Conventional wisdom says, here's why that's wrong. So there's always some sort of polarity happening with opinions that grab people's attention, right? When, when people are first starting out, they all do X. I think you should do this instead. Credibility, I've done this for 20 years. This is why I think you should do this instead. Or X industry, I've been in X industry forever. Here's what I think is going to happen next. So an opinion always has to have almost like a, like a opposing force, right? And a lot of people confuse that and they think, well, in order to have a strong opinion, I need to go like be political and start up a bunch of drama on the internet. No, like one of the things that I say all the time is don't start a blog. 
or I say, as everyone here just witnessed, right? SEO doesn't matter, right? The reason that opinion grabs your attention is because I'm taking something that is conventional wisdom and I'm saying the opposite, right? And I'm not saying the opposite just to be flagrant. I'm saying the opposite and then educating on why I believe that. That's how you get people's attention with opinion. And if you're going to use an opinion, don't hedge. State it and plant your flag in the ground. Because if you say, I think maybe sometimes you shouldn't start a blog, no one is going to care and no one's going to read that. You have to take a stand and like it or not, it's generating some kind of friction in your reader right away of like, I agree or I don't agree and I'm going to keep reading. No one reads things that they go, eh, doesn't do it for me. Keep going. Yeah. Right. Versus, hey, wow, I actually fervently disagree with that. I'm going to read this and figure out if you're right or not. Yeah. And Derek, you asked a great, a great question in the chat, which is if you're writing consistently about a topic, how do you say the credibility different ways? So every headline doesn't start the same. Once you understand the pieces, this is why I'm such a first principles type of writer. Like if you understand the pieces, it becomes a game where you then challenge yourself what are all the different credibility options I can come up with? And you create an arsenal of them, right? So I could write one thing that says, I wrote for Inc. Magazine for two and a half years. Here's what I think about X. Then another, I could say, I wrote on Quora for seven years and was one of their most popular writers. Here's what I think about X. And then a third one, I started writing Twitter threads a year ago and 10 of them have gone massively viral. Here's what I think about Twitter threads, right? So you start to build this toolkit of here are all these different credibility statements that are relevant to the thing I'm writing about. And you just cycle through them, right? Over and over again. And all of a sudden, what does that do? People read them over and over again. And then you go and you go on a podcast. And the first thing the podcaster does is go, oh, I've read all your articles. And hey, Cole, I know you wrote for Inc. And you're on Quora. And like they start listing off all the things. Where did they get the language? You gave them the language. Right. So if you want people to think of you or introduce you in a certain way, give them the core narratives. Right. One more thing on that, though, is if you think you're reusing your piece of credibility too much, you're probably assuming that too many people are remembering every single thing you have to say. Yeah. And they're not. Cool. How many times have you started something with? When I was 17, I was one of the best World of Warcraft players in North America. Like literally a shocking, like probably close to a thousand times. Right. And it worked a thousand times because yeah. damn, whatever you have to say after that that's relevant, I'm going to keep reading. Yeah. Right. Google that quote. We'll drop it in the chat or something. I bet you can find a hundred different answers for it, but let's keep it rolling. Here, I'll put it in the... See, you're able to type it that quickly because it's ingrained in your fingertips. I've the number of times I've written that credibility statement <laughs> word for word. I don't change a single word. That exact statement I've used in north of a thousand different pieces on the internet. And not once have I ever gotten an email or DM from someone that said, hey, I've read that before. You've used it too many times. Right. Okay. Number four, the question. All right. So here's a great headline technique is you're asking the question that the reader either is already asking themselves or is a question that you know that once they hear it, they start to consider and go, whoa, 
I never, I, I, I find this question fascinating. So here's a headline. Why does Roblox pay 1.2 million to a single developer? I know nothing about Roblox and I'm not a developer, but I read that headline and I was like, I'd like to know why this one developer is getting paid $1.2 million, right? That's an interesting question, right? Or on the other side, right? Should the US quit buying Russian oil? You're like, huh, I don't know. Should we? I'm going to click to find out, right? So that's the key is writing a, writing a great headline pushes the reader to give them enough, but it forces them to click and read, right? And that's not clickbait. What that is, is that's like a really great movie trailer, right? You would never go, if, if the movie trailer was just like, hey, here's the main character, they fall in love. Oh, and by the way, uh, he backstabs, uh, the partner, and then uh, that person goes to jail. And at, in the end, here's how you're going to feel about it. You'd be like, well, now I'm never going to go and see the movie. You literally just told me the entire movie in the trailer, right? But a really great movie trailer goes, hey, I'm going to give you enough. You're a little bit emotionally invested. Now you got to come to the theater to see what happens, right? That's what a headline is. So a great technique for hooking people is asking them a question that you know they're going to be interested in right? What is web three? I'm going to tell you, explain simply like to a 12 year old. I'm going to, I'm going to make it super easy for you. You're like, cool. I need, I need a 12 year old explanation. So what is web three? I'm here to learn. All right. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Cool. So what are, so we have a great template inside TypeShare. If you want to play with it, what are the most compelling question headlines? Like what's the answer to X? I'm going to give you the answer. You don't give them the answer in the headline. You say, if you click, I will give you the answer right? That's how you continue hooking their attention, right? How does this happen? Well, here's how. I'm going to explain it. Want to learn how to do this? Well, read this and I'll give you the full guide, right? Do people understand this? Turns out, no. Let me explain why. So again, if you ask a question, it either needs to imply a really intriguing answer or you need to tease the answer and be like, I'm going to explain it to you over the next 3,000 words, right? And then finally, the framework. The framework is probably one of the harder uh, headline styles to execute because inherently you have to understand, you have to have a lot of clarity around what it is that you're articulating. And so usually when you're beginning, it's a lot easier to start out with like a simple how-to headline or piece, you know, maybe even a story. A framework can oftentimes be a little bit more of original thinking. So for example, the simple writing formula I'm using to get an additional 100,000 email subscribers, right? If this headline said, here's a great way to get more email subscribers, you would be like, eh, right? Because you don't know, like it doesn't feel like they're, you're getting a package of anything, right? Same thing with uh, Dickie's tweet here, which is basically a headline. Seven dead simple steps to build a daily writing habit, even if you've tried everything. This feels more like you're getting a package than it does if someone just says, here's how to build a daily writing habit. And the beauty of using a number, the reason why we encourage you know, using something like a number is it's a technique. There's a huge difference between here's how to be a better writer and here are seven ways to be a better writer. It feels like someone's giving you a gift basket and there's seven things inside the basket right? And so it feels more visceral, it feels more valuable. And so when you're coming up with a framework, 
again, one of the most effective things that you can do is to tell the reader, here's how many things I'm giving you. Here's a four-step process, right? Here are seven, here are seven techniques to do X, Y, Z, right? What is the four-hour work week? The four-hour work week is a framework and you understand it because there's a number that tells you, if I read this, I am going to only have to work four hours a week to achieve X, Y, Z outcome, right? So that's the beauty of the framework is using numbers. Yep. And the framework can just like someone dropped in the chat there, it can combine other things as well. Yep. So, tons so of for, for example, again, we've got templates for this, how to do X without compromising Y. Okay. So how to achieve this without giving up this, how to unlock a big reward for a small effort, how to solve a big problem. Here are some easy templates, right? Again, there's always this polarity going on in really great headlines. And a framework is just saying, here's the arc, here's the polarity, here's the before and after. And let me tell you exactly how to get there. And the exactly piece is most easily executed in a number, right? Here's seven things that you have to do in order to unlock that outcome. Or here's a four-step framework in order to do that, right? And you'll see this everywhere. Like world-class people are like, let me tell you my five-step framework. And your brain goes, oh, I love that. I want the five steps, right? There's a reason why that works. So real quick, let's do a quick audit before we keep cranking here. We got a little more to get through. What do you find yourself gravitating to? What sort of headline style? Is it a list, uh, the story, the opinion, the question, or a framework? There's no right answer. We really encourage you this next week to pick one and to try it. Try it a couple times, you know, see how you can play with it. Yeah, I want to drive one important point home here. You just unlocked a whole new framework and way of thinking. And after we show you this checklist, uh, you're gonna want and go. You're gonna want to go back and rewrite all your old headlines and repost. Do not do that. Yep. You have the opportunity today and tomorrow and the next day and the next 23 days to put these into practice going forward. So don't think, oh, I didn't know all these and I wrote seven things. I got to go back and change it. Nope. You. The whole beauty of Ship Thirty is that you're learning, putting into practice, learning putting into practice every single day. And that's why you learn so much faster doing this. So don't think I need to go rewrite all these old ones. Just use these frameworks today for your next essay and your next one and your next one. And don't worry about the past. Yeah, always moving forward. Okay, so here we're gonna give you a quick checklist for you to stress test your headlines. All right, so we're gonna fly, we're gonna fly through this so that you have it. Okay, the first is we talk about this constantly, clear, not clever. All right. If you look at your essay and your essay is something like the dream brigade or nothingness, right? Or double or nothing, right? Clever. Ooh, ooh, I feel myself being clever, right? It's a mistake. What you think is happening is you think that by being clever and by being mysterious, the reader is going to stop dead in their tracks and they're going to go, whoa, whoa, this writer brilliant. Absolutely. But I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea what it's about, but you deserve my full attention. The dream brigade couldn't have come up with anything better myself. I'm going to sit here. I'm going to pour myself a hot cup of coffee and I'm going to read your atomic essay with my undivided attention. That's what the writer thinks is happening. And instead what's happening is the reader goes, the dream brigade, I don't get it. Gone. And that happens in literally 0.2 seconds. 
And so the key is to not fall for your own ego desire of, I want to be clever. Okay. The key is to go, I'm going to be so crystal clear that the moment you start reading this, you go, holy shit, I don't understand how the algorithm just gave me something that was so exactly for me. That's what, that's what your goal is, right? So anytime you find yourself being clever instead of clear, you have a mistake, right? Here's what to, here's what to remember is your competition when you're writing on the internet is TikTok and Netflix and these hyper incredible algorithms that serve people exactly what they want so quickly that they don't even have to think about it. So when you put something clever as your headline, the reader is confused for 0.1 seconds and then they're gone versus providing something crystal clear where they have to keep reading. So look at this example, the top three ways to sponsor women in the workplace, rather than just claim your company does bang, you know, exactly what is going to go into that article versus if you had some clever title, like, you know, women workplace sponsorship, I, I can't even come up with one. sponsor right. the women, right? Yeah, sponsor the women, right. Or something like that versus I bet this is a great read that could provide a lot of value for HR departments, all those kind of things. But if they just tied that bow on top at the end and said, you know, sponsor women first or something like that, yep. it's not going to generate enough reads. And like we said at the very beginning, that means fewer readers. And if you feel really strongly about the value you're putting into your writing, you need to get people to read. Yep. So this is a big one. So the three questions that every reader is asking themselves, this is what you have to, you have to speak to. Who is this for? What is it about? And why should they read it? Right. And if your headline in some way isn't speaking to directly or indirectly implying or making it super specific and clear, these three questions, the reader doesn't know. And our rule of thumb, right? If the reader is confused, they're gone. If the reader doesn't know what you're saying, they're not going to sit there and try and figure it out. They're going to say, I don't understand. I'm going to go watch a cat hang from a ceiling fan on YouTube, right? <laughs> That's what's going to happen, okay? So you have to speak to these. So clear, uh, clever to clear rewrites. We have a bunch of these in the deep dive, all right? If you want to see these in action, that's what the entire deep dive is about. We're going to keep cranking so that we can get through the other stuff, but read the deep dive because you're going to see, see the clever to clear rewrites over and over again, okay? The second is specifying the who. If you ever are unclear about who the reader is, name the who in the headline, okay? So look at this example. To help students, students is the who, right? You're not just saying fall in love with learning again. You're saying students fall in love with learning again. Here's how. Okay. So if you notice things that Dickie and I write all the time, we name the who you want to be a digital writer who that's the who, right? You want to be a more effective project manager. That's the who you want to be a world-class investor. That's the who. So by naming the who in the headline, you yourself gain clarity around who you're writing for. And the reader goes, I want to be a digital writer. You just called my name out. I am interested. So naming the who is very effective at reaching that clarity. And once you know your who, right, this is the same thing with the for who so that that we talked about during the EIG. You can continue to name your who. I'm yeah. going to say beginner writers 100 times in the next 100 days in a headline or a lead in or something like that. 
because yeah. I want just beginner writers to read it. And I'm going to cut out 99% of the world. I don't know about that much, but cut out a large percentage of people. And that's my goal is every single time I'm going to put the who in there. Yep, exactly. So again, we have a bunch of these rewrites in the deep dive, but who rewrites name the audience and they get more and more specific, right? So even just notice this first one, things men secretly do. Well, men's really broad. How do we make that more specific? Things confident men secretly do, right? So even just by placing modifiers in front of the who, you're getting more and more specific about what type of person this is for. And that's what you want. Specificity is the key, okay? You can do the same thing with the what. What is it about? If the reader doesn't know what it's about, there is no way they are going to give you their attention, right? So again, here's a bunch of different examples. Is this about saving money or investing money? Is this about buying stocks or trading stocks? Is this about making money or not losing money? Those are different distinctions. So when someone says, I want to write about money, or I want to write about real estate, or I want to write about relationships, you haven't pushed the specificity enough. And the reader doesn't then know what it's about. So in the headline, you need to be clear. This is what it's about. No, this is even more specifically what it's about. And the more specific you get, the easier it is for the reader to go, this is for me. This isn't for me. Yep. If you're going to make a promise to the reader, you need to tell them what they're going to get. Right. So here again, a bunch of rewrites we have in the deep dive as well. Here's a great example. Four things you should feel zero shame for. Okay, well, how can we make things more specific? What is it about? What are we talking about? Four nighttime habits you should feel zero shame for, right? So just by getting more specific about what are we saying, it's easier for you, the reader, to decide this is for me, this isn't for me. And that's the goal. You want it to be binary. And then same thing, this is specifying the why. So we're going to get into this with the why is what leads to this technique of twisting the knife, okay? So yes, it's great to have a headline that's the, okay, here's who it's for, here's what it's about, but why, right? It's not just here's how to be a better writer. It's here's how to be a better writer so that you can write a book that you're proud of, right? It's the why piece that becomes more emotional, and you go, oh, it's not just that I want the thing, it's that I want the thing that leads to the outcome, right? So if you're facing, uh, if, if you think you're facing a writer's block, try these six techniques is a pretty good headline, but it becomes an exponentially better headline when you say, try, try these six techniques outcome to instantly get out of it and stick with the habit of writing consistently. And again, people go, this headline's too long. Well, yeah, but it's really not because it has important pieces to it, right? We know who it's for, writer. We know what it's about, overcoming writer's block. And we, and we want you to tell us why it matters. Here's how to get out of it. And here's how to stick with the habit of writing consistently. There's no part of you that goes, I'm tired of, of reading this headline. You go, give me the pieces. I'm interested. Nothing to add. You're, you're, you're humming. Keep it going. Humming. So same thing, these, these why rewrites, what you're doing is you're extending the outcome, right? It's like, it's enough to say, hey, here's six techniques, that's fine. But I wanna know what the techniques lead to. Paint me the picture, show me the island on the other side, right? Tell me the stories of all the treasures I'm gonna get if I solve this problem. 
So the more that you lean into the outcome, the more you bring the reader in emotionally. Okay. And this is what we call uh, twisting the knife. But before we get into that, real quick, yep. let's all just be honest. All right. Have you been writing clear headlines or clever headlines? Put clear or clever in the chat. If you've been on the clever train, don't worry. We're sending over a bunch of lifeboats. We're going to carry you from the clever boat over to the clear boat. Yep. And we're going to go a few minutes over today because there's a couple, one or two more important points that we want to make sure everyone gets to. So don't worry about going over today. Okay. So even if you've been doing clever, again, want to emphasize what Dickie said, don't go backwards. Don't go and delete all your clever stuff and try and rewrite history. Okay. This is, a, this is an amazing day. This is a line in the sand. And from here on out, you write clear headlines. And a year from now, you're going to look back and you're going to look at this day and you're going to go, oh, this was the pivot point. This is when I moved from clever to clear. And it's going to be awesome. Okay. So just trust the process. So here, this outcome piece that we were speaking to, twisting the knife is where you take the end, the outcome, and you make it more specific. You increase the stakes. You sell the reader on why they should give you their attention. Okay. And if you don't twist the knife, the reader doesn't know if the journey forward is worth it. Right. So imagine you lived in the 1800s and some person comes up to you and goes, Hey, I want you to leave your family uh, and your friends and everyone behind. And I want you to get on this boat. You'd be like, Absolutely not. Right. But if, but if they say, I want you to leave your family and friends behind, but if you get on this boat, we're going to sail into the nothingness of the ocean. And on the other side, you're going to reach a new land. You're going to be a pioneer. You are going to have fame and fortune, and you are going to be able to escape all of the troubles that you're currently experiencing and live in the new world. You would go, all right, this is a big ask, but I'm getting on that boat. That's what twisting the knife is for the reader. You are selling them on the future, right? And if you don't sell them on the future, chances are they're going to go, I don't understand why I got to get on this boat. I like my family. I like my home. I like my friends. Twisting the knife can also make the reader almost go, whoa, how did you get in my head, right? Yeah. How, how are you able to have this exact conversation? So if you saw that one earlier where I said, seven dead simple steps to build a daily writing habit, even if you've tried everything. There are a lot of people who read that because, dang, I have kind of tried everything. And now you're going to say there's only seven dead simple steps for me to follow. Yeah. Like I had another one that was how to generate 100 ideas in 30 minutes, even if you think you have nothing to say, right? So even if you think you have nothing to say is, ah, I, that, I felt that, right? And then I keep reading because of that. So twisting the knife, you're, you're speaking to the reader in a way of, whoa, how did this person know that was what I was thinking? I have to keep reading. And, and what you're to that example, you're overcoming the objection early. So Dickie's headline of how to come up with a hundred ideas in 30 minutes. The first objection someone says to themselves is, well, I don't think I have anything to say. So Dickie twists the knife and goes, I'm going to get ahead of the objection hundred ideas in 30 minutes, even if you think you have nothing to say, you're getting in the reader's head and they're going, well, damn, I just thought I didn't have anything to say, but if you're telling me that you're going to help me do this, even if I have nothing to say, then I guess this is what I need to read. Right? So how you twist the knife 
is you're listing more problems, more benefits, or more outcomes. Okay. So look at this, looking to build an audience, use this one quick hack to 10 X your growth. Great. We have an outcome, right? We understand this is why it matters. If I read this, I'll get one quick hack to 10 X my growth, but we can twist the knife by listing out more outcomes. So you go looking to build an audience, use this one quick hack to 10 X your reach growth, conversion rate, digital downloads, course sales, and more. All we're doing is we're just listing out, here's more treasure. You thought you were going to get one treasure chest? No, we're going to give you six treasure chests. And here's what each, what's, what's inside of each treasure chest, right? So this is, this is a super effective, not just sales copywriting technique, but a writing technique. Look at best-selling books. Best-selling books don't always just say, here's how to be happier in your marriage. They say, here's how to be happier in your marriage, have less fights, right? Have beautifully, uh, wonderful, enjoying uh, vacations together and how to make each other laugh again, right? All we're doing is we're listing out more and more outcomes. And the more outcomes you list, the more the reader gets pulled in. I mean, look at Atomic Habits, right? an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones, yep. right? Not just build good habits, but break bad ones is one probably a lot of people said, oh, wow, it does both. Great. I'm reading. Exactly. So this, again, uh, another great technique of when you look at your headline, look at the outcome that you're pointing to and ask yourself, can I list more, right? Because if you're listing more and you're speaking to the reader, the reader is never going to say, stop telling me about the treasure, right? The reader is never going to say that. So you want to keep selling the reader on the treasure, right? The four-hour work week, escape nine to five, let's list more, live anywhere, let's list more and join the new rich. It's a list. I'm listing outcomes. That's all it is. Okay. So again, Here's a couple of rewrites. We have a bunch of these inside the deep dive as well. 25 Google calendar tips to master your schedule. Okay, great. But why do I need to master my schedule? Let's list some things out. 25 Google calendar tips to automate invites, templatize meeting notes, and color code your schedule. Three things I'm listing. The reader goes, whoa, mind blowing. You're a brilliant writer. I want all three of those things. Right. So it's a very simple technique that pulls the reader in closer and closer because all you're doing is you're speaking to their interests. You're listing out, hey, I know that you want one, two, three, four, five. And if you can say those things in the headline, the reader goes, I'm in. Get me on the boat. We're sailing to the new world. All right. So in the beginning of this live session, you had a headline that you dropped in the chat. Take that headline on the next line, rewrite it using some of our frameworks, and then drop them in the chat together. Make sure they're in the same box so we can see the before and after. And if you're doing this right now, this is how you claim your badge. So you're getting ahead of the game. This is what it's all about, okay? Headlines is an entire art in itself. If you understand how to write effective headlines, not only do you have a superpower that allows you to create anything that you want to create. But if you work for or with anyone else, you have a way of thinking that 99% of people don't have, 
which is how do I present ideas in a compelling way? Headlines are the same for email subject lines, for the first sentence, which we're going to talk about next week, for Slack messages, for text messages. Basically, you're saying, what, why am I going to read this? You're telling the reader some reason in the very beginning to get their attention. So let's see. We have any good rewrites? Where, where is that impact hiding? V1. V2, seven places where you can find a company's impact. Much better. Much better. Awesome. Right. V, V1, why Roku will win your TV? Google and Apple TV can't beat Roku. Why your next TV will be a Roku, especially if you use Apple TV, right? Twisting the knife for Apple TV reader or watchers. Yep. This is a good one. Five tips to plan solo travel for women. Not bad. But V2, how to plan solo travel for women, even if you are scared, right? So how can we twist the knife even further, right? Even if you're scared, you've never done it before, you're traveling on a low budget, right? We can keep listing more and more things that makes the reader go, this is me. You're speaking to me. Here are five simple ways to optimize your donation page, V1, V2. Five simple ways to optimize your donation page and eliminate donation friction. Yeah. So another one could be instead of and eliminate, twist the knife a little bit so you can say, so fewer people leave your site without donating. Right. Talk yeah. about an outcome and a, a visceral, I felt that outcome because, wow, look at all the people who visit the site that don't donate. Here, here's another good one. Uh, version one, a project manager's framework for saying no with empathy. Not bad. That, that accomplishes the goal, right? But notice the, the small difference. A project man, V2, a project manager's framework for saying no with empathy, empathy in three simple steps. All of a sudden you go, oh, this doesn't feel like a big framework that I have to sit and read for an hour. Oh, it's just three simple steps. Okay, cool. I can do that, right? So sometimes using these little techniques makes the reader go, oh, Okay, cool. I, I want to give you my attention now. I'm seeing good ones. A lot of these were already good before, and now they're being improved even further, which is amazing. Here's a great one. V1, we live in the world our questions create. What's that about? No idea, right? V2. Back to TikTok. Yeah, back to TikTok. I'm watching a cat hang from a ceiling fan, right? V2, how the quality of your questions can improve your marriage, make you more money and improve your looks. Great. I want to improve the quality of my question. <laughs> I'm in, right? All we're doing is we're being clear of what is this about? Who is this for? And now tell me the buried treasure on the other side. This is an amazing one. Speaking up with confidence, V1, right? V2, seven ways for introverted females to raise their voice in the workplace so you are not ignored again. Mm. And you can that keep listening. That is tremendous. Listening. Right? And so you are not ignored and passed over for the next promotion, parentheses, again. Yeah. Right? Could do okay, this all here, day. Here's, here's <laughs> one. We'll do one, one more. I love, this is a great one, Suzette. Um, if I could just tell myself this two years ago, right? Well, who are you? Right? No offense. I, I don't care right? This is an I statement without credibility. 
If you don't tell the reader credibility, they don't know why they should care, right? Here's the V2, it's amazing rewrite. If I could tell myself these three things two years ago, it would have saved me over $10,000. I think everyone on this call wants to make sure they don't lose $10,000 over the course of their life, right? So now I trust you. Now I care about your opinion because you told me that you would have saved yourself $10,000. So now I trust you and I want to avoid the same thing, right? So it's the credibility statement before the, here's what I think that makes the reader care. And what I love about this, Cole, I think we do this for like a couple more. I think people are liking this. A universal moral code, possible utopia or pipe dream, right? The dream brigade. You might as well have just named it the dream brigade. Second, is a universal moral code possible? Question. If you value human dignity, here's why we need one. Yes. Right? Like... This doesn't just have to be seven tip, tips for X, Y, and Z. Every single piece of written content on the internet can use these headline frameworks. Yep, exactly. Here's, here's another great one. V1, plan and overcome choice paralysis by getting it out of your head. Reader goes, okay, maybe, I don't know, right? Like, what's the reaction? What's the journey? What's the, why do I care, right? V2, an easy three-step process for beginner writers who, to get their ideas out of their head and get writing despite choice paralysis. Great. If I'm a beginner writer and I've been stuck in my head, I'm in. And if I'm not a beginner writer and I'm not stuck in my head, I'm not in. And that's the point, right? This is who it's for. This is who it's not for. All right. So we'll finish with this. I saw a good question to end on. Do you finish or start with your headline? I start with the headline and spend a almost uncomfortable amount of time writing it because it is not until you have a clear headline that you actually know what it is you're saying. And so what happens is if you start with an unclear headline and you start writing and then think at the very end, you're going to go magically put this bow on top you spent the whole time writing and you weren't really sure what you were saying. Yeah. So I always start with it. And it's the easiest writing I do is when I have the headline crystal clear. I'm writing one right now. That's 13 tiny habits that make writing every day effortless. I started with that exact headline and now it's like, you just list them out and you write them right. Yeah. When you have a clear headline, you know what you're trying to say which means the reader is going to understand what it is you're saying. Yes, I, I totally agreed. And a different way of saying that is if you can't say it in 10 words, you're not going to be able to say it in 10,000 words. That's the art of it. You should be able to say what you're trying to say in 10 words. And if you can't, you could write 10,000 words and you're still not going to figure it out. Right. So the, the piece is a reflection of the headline. The, the headline is not a reflection of the piece. Okay. So that's why you start with the North star and then everything flows from it. Right. So let's do a quick audit real quick. What were the most helpful golden nuggets from this session? I know we throw a lot at you. What, what was the one thing that you're taking away from this that you go, okay, this was a zero to one moment for me. 
So this live session, we took and expanded in the captain's table in a eight module. I think it's like, what, four hours of video content, something like that. It goes deep. Yeah. It's headline mastery because this is its own course in itself. We said there are so much in here that you could go down the rabbit hole. And so once you're finishing up ship 30 and you hop aboard the captain's table, you can dive into all that, which is a month's worth of, of video and work. And by the end of that, you'll say, well, I didn't know headlines could go this deep, but today's kind of the 80, 20 of it. Um, really the, the biggest zero to one shift you can make is to actually start putting effective headlines uh, that your reader will start to understand. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Start with the headline for clarity. Long headlines are okay. The twist, the knife, just list out the buried treasure for the reader right? All of these are really simple techniques. Honestly, I think the one that had the biggest impact for me early on was name the who. Mm -hmm. Like if you're unclear about who this is for, pick a who and name them in in the title. Four project managers, right? Four aspiring real estate moguls, four investment bankers, right? Name them in the headline. And if nothing else, it's going to give you clarity around what you're writing and who it's for. Okay, we're going to do a little breakout rooms here. I hope you guys felt the energy. We bring the juice on this live session. You might have to watch it again to let some of these soak in, but let's do some breakout rooms. Claim your badge. We're going to do a little bit shorter of breakout rooms. We're going to go 20 minutes.